Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the College and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. Mark chapter 10. This is a, a story of Jesus meeting a young man. And so Mark chapter 10, we encourage you to turn there, whether it's electronic or the paper text. We have Bibles on all the tables. We love it when you get your hands in the text. Uh, and so we think that's important because the, what we do on Sunday is a reflection of what should be going on all week. Like opening scriptures, reading it, contemplating, praying it through, thinking about the things of the Lord. So Mark chapter 10, verse 17 says... Uh, it talks about Jesus. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him. So Jesus is about to set out, and picture it in your mind. Um, a man runs up to him and knelt before him. So he runs up and kneels. That's quite the image there. And he asks him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus kind of twists the question like, Back to him, he says, why did you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And that that part isn't really explained. It just kind of keeps on going. In my mind, I see this as a test because Jesus, according to Christianity, according to the rest of the context of the New Testament and the Bible, Jesus claims to be God in many other circumstances and many other conversations with people. And so he's saying here, why did you call me good? No one's good except God. And a great response to that would have been, well, you're right. I believe you're God. Verse 19 says, uh, so it just continues on with the story in this conversation between Jesus and this man that just ran up to him and knelt down next to him. You know the commands, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to, th- said to him, so this is the young man talking this whole time. He's like, I-, I know all the commands. And he says, teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up, which is a pretty bold statement to say that you're, you've looked at the law of the Old Testament and you have come up on top. You've done it all. You're a good dude. You're a perfect guy. It's pretty arrogant, don't you think? I think so. Um, and Jesus, let's see, teacher, I've kept all these things up from my youth. Verse 21 says, looking at him, Jesus, in this translation says, felt a love for him. So here's someone bragging to Jesus about all he's accomplished, and Jesus has a love for this man. And it says this, One thing you lacked, go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor. Wow. And then you'll have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. But at these words, he was saddened and went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. So that conversation ends. And then verse 23, as Jesus looked around, he said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. The, the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easy for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished and said to him, Who then can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With people this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Let's pray. God, you are holy, and Jesus, we pray to you this morning, and we know that we have all fallen short. There's, there's none of us that can come to you and say we have lived a sinless life. And Lord, you've called us to, to do things that are 
crazy. You've called us to do things that are huge, to give away things, to give, to give our lives to you. And Lord, again and again and again, we have fallen short. And so we call upon your grace. We call upon your mercy and know that by our own strength, that is not possible to inherit salvation, but it's only through you. And with God, all things are made possible, as the verse said. So Lord, we look to you as our Savior. You are good and holy. And everyone said, Amen. All right, everybody. Well, we're, we're talking about thankfulness today and uh, specifically the, the topic of giving, which is so against like the culture of our day. Like we as consumeristic Americans, I think we, you know, we hear that term all, especially this season, going into Thanksgiving, going into Black Friday, going into Christmas. Like we are consumers and we play the part of consumers. And of course, it is so at odds with thankfulness. It is so at odds with uh, giving. You know, we think even as little kids, we, we grow up thinking, what are we going to get for Christmas? Like even today, Jay was watching this because he wakes up early. I wake up early. So I was, I was working on the sermon. He was watching a YouTube a video of some toy thing. He said, Dad, look at this. Look, you got to see this. This is what I want for Christmas. And I was like, Jay, what are you going to give for Christmas? And he's like, I'm going to give mom toys. It's <laughs> like, okay, good. That's great. But it's, I mean, giving and being thankful is so against our consumeristic culture. Let me tell you a quick story about giving. Um, because all kids, no matter who, whose kids they are, Kids are greedy. That's just the way they're born. That's just the way they are. Uh, they, they see something and they want it and they say, mine, mine, mine. They're just uh, all of, I mean, they're like their first word after mama and dada is mine. Um, they have this thing. They don't want to share. They need to be taught how to share. They, they call it. They call dibs. They say, I had it first. They say, mine. I mean, it's just who kids are. That's, it's human nature. And they need to be taught how to give, how, taught how to be thankful. So I was going to brag on the, the Grothy kids. So you, you guys know Daniel Grothy, pastor at New Life Friday Night, and his wife Lisa. They have three kids. Uh, the middleest kid is the closest to Jay. He's uh, Wilson. He's uh, six, right? And uh, every once in a while, it's really not that often, uh, Jay and Wilson will hang out, some like, little play date thing. And the Grothys have this thing where every time somebody comes over to their house, now, when they're on their way home, when they're leaving, uh, Daniel or Lisa says, okay, now you have to give one of your toys as a present away to the people who just come over. It's pretty cool. It's a cool way to teach kids how to give something away. And so, like, last year, Wilson gave Jay, like, this tiny little matchbox uh, green plane. And ever since that time, Jay goes on and on about how his best friend is Wilson. It's like, you guys only hang out every once. You don't even see him at church because you're different ages. And it's like, oh, my best friend Wilson, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, how, why is he your best friend? Well, because he gave me the plane. And so it's, <laughs> it's just this thing. And then the, uh, a couple weeks ago, they they were hanging out again, and uh, once again, Wilson gave a present to Jay, and he didn't just give him a little matchbox toy. He gave him this really cool, like, remote control car that can, like, flip over and, like, keep going. It's really cool. Really cool toy. And Jay uh, was talking on and on about his best friend, Wilson, and as a parent, it was just it's such a cool moment because Jay said, I want to be generous like Wilson is generous. Aww. 
So giving, it's, it's huge. It changes the temperature figuratively of the room. It changes things in a dark world, in, in a world where horrible things happen. Giving just changes people. It changes the giver. It changes the one receiving the gift. It's full of grace and mercy, the things of God. So I thought today we'll talk about this subcategory of thankfulness, which is giving. Sound good? Okay. So welcome to the Mel Sunday School if you're new to the Mill Sunday School, on your uh, tables is a little a card like this, and we would love it if you filled it out. I'll email you more about the College and 20-somethings ministry here at New Life. Uh, we'll email you about upcoming events and things. So fill it out with, with really as much or as little information as you want. And then as you're leaving, there's gift bags. We'll give you a gift today just for coming. No strings attached. So do that. If you're new, and before we do any other announcements, uh, how many of you put your name in this for on time? So ho- hopefully if you came in and you were on time by 9 o'clock, 9.30, um, it was an on-time drawing to encourage you. Because as these days progress into winter, it's going to get colder and colder and darker and darker. And it's going to be harder and harder to come to Sunday school on time. So those of you that did, we have a little gift for you. So I'm going to draw two names out of here. And I have two uh, cafe, New Life Cafe cards for a free lunch. So, drum rolls. <laughs> Joshua. Camacho, this guy. All right, hand that to him, Nick. All right, and then one more. And, and we, we joked about that whoever the other person is, you have to go to lunch with them. So, but, you, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, there it is. It is Matt Lemonian. Where's he at? Matt, be excited. You got free lunch with your homeboy. <laughs> Here, could you pass that back to him? Thank you. All right, enough of that. So really, just just be on time. We'll get things started. It's encouraging when you're on time. It's a good thing to be on time. So anyways, more excitement to come. Another drum roll. So this is our... Um, our, our uh, logo now, here it is, uh, the winter retreat identity. We are going, right now it's kind of just a save the date thing. We're going to get the registration page up, so a little bit more to come with that. But save the date, January 29, 30, 31. We're going to Golden Bell, which is uh, in the mountains near Divide, Colorado. And we will be uh, talking about identity, who we are in Christ that whole weekend. So save the date. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to do a, uh, I see uh, Victoria and Chris there. We're going to do a, uh, what's it called? A, uh, a, oh, it's shush. <laughs> it's a secret. All right, maybe I'll announce it some other time. Are you serious? <laughs> All right. We'll announce it some other time. Tonight, though, uh, tonight we're going to do pie in the park. I apologize. My, my, uh, my uh, mic isn't, do you want me to switch to the other mic? Is it good? <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. Check, check. Okay. Um, tonight we're going to do something called Pie in the Park. We're going to join $5 Mission. Has anybody ever been a part of $5 Mission? What, what? So $5 Mission is this small group that started a long time ago, I think like five or six years ago in the, in the history of small groups. That's a very long time. And they wanted to help people that had found themselves in homeless situations. And uh, they didn't just want to give them money. 
to, to, because oftentimes, very often, uh, there's a lot of addiction and alcohol and drugs could be used with that money. So instead, they wanted to give them food and they wanted to get, feed them well on a Sunday night when other ministries aren't doing their things. And so what they did was they went to McDonald's kind of just casually, organically, bought a bunch of food, and then brought it to America, the beautiful park downtown. And then that became a thing. They started doing this every week, and now they've been doing it for years. And it's really cool. We're going to join them tonight. So if you're able to to join us tonight, we're going to meet at the downtown McDonald's. You can go online and find this logo and more information. It's 207 Wasatch Avenue. Bring $5 as per the custom, and we'll buy a ton of food at McDonald's. And then together, so it's like it's really cool that it's like safe. It's we're together. We, we do this together. We hang out in McDonald's. We pray in McDonald's. Um, and then we go down to the park together. And it's not just like us giving food away and, and standing back and, 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 and feeding them from a distance, but it's like we engage them. That's part of the reason uh, we have conversations with these people, have conversations with each other. It's a great night out. And we over the years, we have seen a lot of fruit from this ministry. It's seemingly, it's just like, well, just sharing a meal, just giving them hamburgers. Who cares? Well, over the years, with these conversations, with praying over them, and just kind of whatever the Lord does. Like maybe you talk to one person, maybe you talk to a couple persons, maybe you just talk to each other. But whatever happens, over the years, we've seen people get out of homelessness. We've seen people go into rehab and then do better. We've seen all kinds of really cool stories. So tonight, uh, we, as the mill, we have a budget. So we're buying a bunch of pie, and then we're going to bring the pie to $5 mission. So join us if you can. Sound good? All right, more about that in a second. But now let's talk about the art of giving. Today's sermon is uh, about giving, and um, I think we're desperate to see people give and to give well. I think of um, people like uh, philanthropists, people that are known for giving large sums of money away. Uh, Bill Gates is pretty rich. He's, he's, I think he's the richest or second richest guy uh, around today. He, last year he made $11.5 billion. What does that look like? Well, that looks like making uh, about mil- $1.38 million an hour. What? That's a little more than probably some of us make. Um, so he's doing just fine. And him and his wife, Melinda. Melinda is a Catholic Christian. She's a believer. And Bill doesn't really talk about spirituality, but does talk about wanting to do God's work with his money. I don't know if that's a general sense or the Christian God. I don't know. But um, they, they started a foundation, and uh, they, they happen to have named it after themselves, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And over their lifetime, Bill Gates has given away 30.2 billion Dollars, Like over the course of, I want to say 30 years, because he, he became a billionaire, not just a millionaire, but a billionaire at 31 years old. And uh, he's 60 years now. So in, the, in that time, he has given away about a billion dollars a year, which is a ton of money. It's like nothing. I mean, there, there's no other philanthropist that is giving that amount of money away. I mean, he's, he's a pretty big deal. And usually rich people are especially not known for giving money away, especially by percentage. And if you break it down to percentages, because none of us are giving away a, a billion dollars, uh, I don't think. Um, if you are, <laughs> come talk to me after. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, but we could break that down into percentage. You, if you just do some quick math and you say, well, if Bill Gates makes 11-something billion a year and over the course of 30 years he's given away uh, 30 billion, well, then it looks like he's given away about, every year he's given away about a tenth of his income. 
you break it down into to, to that, and you're like, well, I could do that. Many Christians, if, if I'm talking to a crowd of Christians that's passionate, and obviously you are to be here on a Sunday morning early before you go to church, well, then usually the, the, it's usually like maybe 50 to 75% of Christians who come weekly give a tithe, give 10% of all the money they make to an, a charity, to a church, to a place that needs money for doing God's work on this earth. And you put it in those terms, it's like, well, Bill Gates is giving away a tithe. And, of course, he makes a lot more money. So his amounts, you know, they, they break news. Our amounts of 10%, well, my amount will never break any news. But um, it's interesting to think about percentages of giving, not just like big sums of money. Because oftentimes young people, and I'm talking to a lot of young people in here, will often say to me as a pastor, well, you know, as soon as I get my job, as soon as I get into the career, uh, as soon as I'm, you know, really uh, making it, then I'll start giving. And that I usually just want to say, no, you won't. <laughs> like if you're not giving now, you probably won't give later. And, and just human nature, just the stats that are out there usually say that the more you make, the less you give. Poorest people, uh, Mother Teresa is quoted as saying this, the poorest people always give the most. That's the way it is. That's the way it will be. That is the sad truth. Um, chronicle of philanthropy, I didn't know there was such a thing, but they, they have a chronicle of philanthropy, released some interesting figures a couple years ago saying, uh, comparing states, like different states and how much the annual average income of the people living in the states. And they said that Mississippi is the poorest state by uh, what people make their annual income averaged out amongst everybody that lives in Mississippi. So they're the poorest state, but they are right at the top in giving. The average, you know, the average giving per income is 7.6%. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then conversely, uh, the wealthiest states, uh, New Hampshire is the wealthiest state per uh, income that people make per average. And they, uh, did I say they're they're ninth? Did I say that? They're ninth in how much they make, and they are dead last. They are the 50th in giving percentage. Massachusetts, second in income, second richest state, 47th, just about dead last in giving. Connecticut's number one. They're the wealthiest uh, state per annual person's income averaged out, and they are 45th in giving. So they stink. And so it's, it's, it's like the more you make, it's not just Connecticut's that Connecticutans, Connecticut, whatever they are. Um, it's human nature. It's just what we do as humans. The more we make, the less we give away. And Jesus calls this out. There's, there's a story and we're going to read that at your tables in a little while. That's how we'll close today at Sunday school. But I'll remind us of the story. There's all these people. Jesus is sitting by the temple. They're, they're people watching, so to speak. And these people are coming and giving huge sums of money and kind of making a show about it. I don't know what the exact scene looked like. Maybe there was bells. Maybe there was like a big deal. Maybe it was, you know, people saw how much other people were giving. And so people that were giving a lot were making a big show out of it, getting the credit. And then a story is told of this woman, a widow, and if you were a widow back then, you, were the, you were, had it pretty bad because women were not able to work. It was a different culture than we are. And so if you were a widow, you, well, you were probably homeless, probably really bad off. And this widow comes and gives one coin. Like, it's, uh, who knows, like, the, the, the exact, you know, the, the currency dollar amount to what would have been to, compared to today. But it was hardly anything. It was just a change, chump change. And Jesus points her out and says, this woman here has given more than anybody else. 
And it's like, why? Well, she just gave change, and everybody else has given lots of money. How could she have given more? Well, obviously, because her gift was from the heart. She gave out of her poverty, and everyone else is giving out of their wealth. These wonderful examples in history of people taking verses very serious and very literal and being huge gift givers. I think of uh, this guy, Anthony of Egypt. He lived in the 300s. He was uh, a young man when his parents died. Uh, Both parents died, leaving him a huge uh, wealth, uh, kind of his inheritance. And he went to a church. He was a believer. He went to church, and whoever was speaking was speaking on the passage that I read for you this morning. Do you remember that passage? Yeah, the passage about the rich young ruler coming to Jesus saying, Ah, all these things, I've done wonderful. Jesus says, with love, one thing you lack, go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then follow me. So this guy, Anthony, with the sweet beard there, when he was 18, as the story goes, comes into the church, hears that story being read, and he says, all right, I have wealth, I have things lined up, my parents have passed away, and I have all this wealth, I don't need, even need to have a job, but I'm going to give it all away, and I'm going to live a life of poverty, live a life of prayer. And he really did it. It's like, wow, we, we need examples like that in our lifetimes. Because if you were to ask so many of if you were to ask me, like, what's it mean when Jesus says, go, give all you have to the poor? Well, being guilty of, you know, sin, being guilty of uh, just lackadaisicalness, being guilty of just being an American and a consumerist, we could look at that passage where Jesus says, sell it all, and we could say, well, it, it just means, you know, give what you can. Give what you're comfortable with. And then we have examples in history of, of Anthony literally giving all he had away and living a life of poverty, living a life of prayer. And that does two things in my mind. That, that calls me to a higher level. And then number two, it calls me to repent. Like, well, if, gosh, if Jesus calls us to do that, and then we have people who have done that, and I'm not doing that, well, Lord, you know, bring your mercy into my life. Have mercy upon me. So here's what I, ha- I want you to do. Discuss amongst your table, uh, who is the gener- most generous person you know? And a better answer would be someone that you know personally. Someone generally. Cool? Ready, get set. Discuss. All right, if I could interrupt your conversations. Does this sound pretty good now? The mic situation sounds better? Okay. I walked around and heard some of you uh, talking about generous people. Some of you said, how many of you mentioned someone who was generous with their time? How many of you mentioned someone that was generous with their money? How many of you mentioned someone was just a gift giver? Like, oh, this person is just giving gifts all the time. Um, These are wonderful people in our lives. These are people that that I said before, like figuratively change the whole temperature of the room when people are feeling sad, when people are feeling uh, afraid, when people are just reflecting on the news and there's so much in the news of of evil happening and gifts and, and receiving gifts and giving gifts. It changes both the giver and the receiver. In the Old Testament, there was a way by which uh, people could thank the Lord. I mean, uh, we could do this today. Like if something really awesome happens in my life, I will set aside you know, a time of prayer. It's like, God, thank you for this and that and what you're doing in my life. In the Old Testament, there was something called a thank offering, which brings us to the nerd alert of the day. 
So throughout the Old Testament, there's something called the thank offering, a.k.a. the fellowship offering. If you're reading through the Old Testament, you will probably see this uh, throughout Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's the the Pentateuch. You'll see this in the Psalms. You'll see things like uh, when Noah is on the boat, and he saves all the animals and his family, and then the waters secede, and he gets out, and he gets on dry land. What does he do? He, he kills an animal, which is kind of unusual because like, you just saved all these animals. But apparently some of them, <laughs> I wasn't trying to make a joke. Um, but apparently he had some animals set aside just to give this offering, just to thank the Lord for this offering. And so he, he builds a fire, sets up an altar. He kills one of the animals just to give it to God. And he burns the animal. And it says that the smell, the aroma was pleasing to the Lord. This thank offering. Leviticus chapter 7 talks all about this is how you're supposed to do it. If something awesome happens in your life and you want to thank the Lord, well then bring the Lord a thank offering. Bring him some sort of animal that you want to. And, and we're talking about a different age that we, that we of course live in now where animals were people's properties as far as, I mean, if to, to have like a cow would be to have like a car. Um, to have the livestock would be have like food in your fridge, money in the bank, so to speak. And so you would take some of what you have and you offer it to the Lord and you, and you break, bake bread. And then you're to give this offering to the Lord and the offering is to be cooked. And then the offering is to be eaten and it's to be eaten amongst those people that were Levites in the Old Testament as it's set out. The Levites were the people that took care of the offerings. They, they took care of the temple. They led worship to the Lord. And this, of course, as, as we continue on the story of the Old Testament, it's talked about some called a tithe. A tithe is taking 10% of what you make and giving it to the Lord. And in the Old Testament, it went to the temple, it went to the Levites, those that were trained and those that, uh, that, that led worship to the Lord. And Jesus talks about the tithe in the New Testament. If you ever hear someone say, oh, well, the tithe, giving a tenth uh, of all that you make, is just an Old Testament thing. Well, Jesus talks about it in the New Testament. He, it's a couple conversations. One specifically uh, about the tithe he has with some people talking about the Pharisees. The Pharisees would often do things for show, do, uh, do things to get the credit, but, but they were inside, they were, you know, Jesus calls them whitewashed tombs. They, they looked good on the outside, they were whitewashed, but on the inside, they're a grave. They're, it's not full of life. But anyways, these people, these Pharisees, were tithing of their uh, harvest, the harvest spices. They were tithing, and yet Jesus says that they lacked justice and mercy. This is Matthew 23, 23. And he says that you ought not to have neglected the one without the other. So Jesus says, you know, yes, of course you tithe. That's great. But don't neglect justice and mercy. You should be doing all of it. You should be tithing and giving justice and mercy. And so that's one example of, of tithing in the, in the New Testament. It's a good practice to get into. It's a great practice. I think we're called by God to give. How much of it away? Well, Jesus says, sell it all and give to the poor, then come follow me. And it's like, geez, that's, that's quite a bit of a percentage. Um, <laughs> that's like all of it. Um, but what about daily life? What, how, you know, okay, if that's the mark, if that's what we, we're striving for, well, what about the tenth idea? The tenth, that, that seems a little easier to swallow, uh, to me at least. 
to give away a tenth. And so many believers, so many Christians, if I'm talking to you, there's somewhere probably around 50 to 75% of you probably tithe regularly, and that's awesome. And it's a great habit to get into. It, it goes to the work of the Lord. And if you aren't tithing, well, then that, let that be a challenge to you. And, and especially those of you, because I know so many of you, uh, maybe the only money you make is a part-time job. Maybe the only money you make is an allowance. That's probably the case for many of you. And I would say tithe on that. Get into the habit of giving. Get into the habit of giving so that when you make more, you, I mean, so many of us, I talk to young people all the time that say, well, I'm not tithing now, but I will later. You know, once this happens or a career happens or this or that, and, and it's just not the case. That's not how it works. If you get into the habit of tithing now, you will tithe later. If you're not in the habit of giving or tithing now, well, you probably won't later because human nature says the more you make, the less you give. So tithe, 10% of all you make, to the Lord, and, and, and a lot of this is very personal for you, depending on uh, what you do with that money and how much you make and when and how you give it away. There's, there's lots of things to talk about that. But let me give you some verses. Um, it's not me talking now. This is just a general talk about giving. And so often in the New and Old Testament, giving, giving, giving is what the Lord calls us to do. Here's a longer passage, First uh, Timothy 6. Uh, 17 through 19, because it's not that long, just a couple of verses. Um, verse 17 says, command those who are rich. So Paul's talking to Timothy. He's like, see people who are rich, command them in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth. So we, I mean, we could pretty much say compared to the ancient world, we as Americans living in 2015, we're pretty wealthy. We, we're rich. We could be those being commanded in this passage to, to, in this present world, not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous. There's that word. It's generosity and giving go, go hand in hand. Command them to be generous and willing to share. Verse 19, In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves in heaven as a firm foundation of age to come so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Pretty beautiful verse. Acts 20, uh, 35 is where Paul is leaving Ephesus. And so he, he knows that he's headed to Rome. He's going to head to his death. He will probably never see these Ephesians again. He knew them. He loved these people that in Ephesus, these believers. And his departing words, he says, remember the words of Jesus. What's really interesting as a side note here is that we don't have these words of Jesus in the Gospels. So these must have been words that Jesus said that Either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John didn't record, but maybe somebody else recorded. Maybe it was passed on. Maybe Paul heard, you know, Paul hung out with Luke and Luke was there. And so, so uh, Jesus says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. These are the departing words of Paul to the Ephesians. Is that what you really believe? Is this, you know, these words of Jesus are true, that it's more blessed to give than to receive? Well, think about how wonderful that is. We're all able to give even those of us that do not have that much. Another verse, Malachi 10, uh, 3.10, it's an Old Testament verse that says, Bring the whole tenth, the tithe. Bring your tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. It's, it's interesting that we're, this is, maybe uh, I could Google fact check this with my concordance later, but it, uh, is this the only time the Lord says, you know, test me in this? 
Usually you're not supposed to test the Lord, but test him in this. See if, if he doesn't, um, it says, uh, that, that are my food in my house, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So the Lord here is saying, test him. Give to the Lord. Give to the Lord so much so that it's almost like a test to see if he doesn't bless you back. And, and we often, I think, take, take this passage out of context, and there's a prosperity gospel that says, give just to get back. It's like, oh, give, the, give a dollar, then you get $20 back, and that's, that's a little bit ridiculous because this passage, I don't think, is saying that. It's just saying generally, like, a, a, a test the Lord, give, and see if he doesn't bless you back. And, and maybe that blessing won't come back in the form of money uh, like the prosperity gospel says, but the Lord wants you to give. Uh, a couple more verses. I, actually, this is uh, Luke twelve fifteen. Jesus says, Then he said to them, Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. It's one of the only times where Jesus says, you know, Watch out against this sin of greed. Uh, other sins, he just says, Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. Don't murder. Don't do these things. And when, you, when you're doing them, you know darn well that you're doing them. But greed is a sin that not that many of us think we're being greedy when we're being greedy. Is anybody greedy in here? <laughs> Good. Lots of hands. But it's pretty rare for people. I mean, if you think about it, like in the midst of living your life, it's like I, I rarely run into people that think they are greedy people. If you're self-aware enough, if you compare yourself to Jesus, well, then it becomes pretty clear that everybody, everybody is greedy. We are all greedy. Let's start with the presupposition, the, uh, the high-working hypothesis that we are all greedy. We all think about ourselves too much. We all spend too much money on ourselves. That's just what we do. We're humans. That's human nature. It's part of our sin that we're all greedy. And so because of that, Jesus says, watch out. Be on your guard from all kinds of greed. Either greed with your money, greed with your time, greedy with your things. Because we are all greedy. So let me give you one more discussion question at your tables. Um, and this is maybe somewhat personal, but you could uh, maybe step back from it and, and think a little generally if you would like permission to do that. Um, but what areas of your own life can you consider being more generous? So think about that and maybe discuss it as a table. Ready, set, Discuss. All right, if I could interrupt your conversations. Uh, I walked around and listened to some of you. How many of you said, well, maybe this isn't a financial uh, consideration of being more generous, but how many of you just said time? Like, I wanted to brag about you. I was, I was bragging about um, you guys a couple, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now, about getting volunteers to do things. An, another department was talking about, oh, it's so hard to get volunteers. And I said, well, it's not that hard for me. I mean, the, the, you guys, as some of, maybe you're, your weakness and being in your early 20s, some of you, uh, maybe even earlier than that, 18-year-olds, you guys probably don't make that much money compared to people that are in their careers. But what so many of you do have, because uh, so many of you aren't married or with kids, some of you are, and that's great. But those of you that aren't, you don't even know this yet, but you have tons of time. You think you're busy, and then, and then a bit you, 
if, if the Lord has it his way in your life, and maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, and you get married and you have kids, you will look back at this time, like I do, and say, gosh, I was so busy back then. I thought I was, and now it's like I wasn't busy at all. I could do whatever I want, whenever I wanted. It was crazy. So anyways, I was bragging about you guys a couple weeks ago to another department saying, like, there's, there's some of you that just come, or you're not even on the, the dream team of New Life. You come early just to help out. You're, uh, lots of you are always asking, what can I do to help? Uh, do you need this or that? And so many of you are serving hours and hours at the church each week. And I was just, so many of you would say, I could be more generous with my time. And you really mean it, like that you have this ability, like nobody else in the church being uh, adults and single adults without kids, like you have the ability to share and give of yourself in ways that other people cannot. And then I walked around and some of you just said, well, this is a good reminder. I know I need to be giving I would love to start with a tithe, and thank you for challenging me to tithe. And so financially, that, of course, is, is a part of being consideration of, of being more generous. But I wanted to c- conclude this morning just talking about what happens when we give. When we give, we become more thankful. When we g- give, we, we don't run into this, this horrible temptation to be so selfish and, and self-centered and self-thinking. When we give... We are blessed. Like that's what, you know, blessed are those who give and not receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive, as Jesus' word says. When we give, we loosen our hold on this world. And this world has all the pleasures we could want and all the sins we could be out grasping and getting every moment of our lives. We could be doing that. And when we give, it's like we're giving, uh, we're like loosening this grip on the world around us. When we give things happen. Like there is treasure in heaven when we give. And when we receive Christ and we receive that treasure, every other treasure of this world like seems to like grab us and and get us. Like the treasure of money, well, that, that grabs us in a way and we become greedy and we want more and we need more. The treasure of like our, our body and health, like we, we, we treasure that. But then, but then it can lead to sins of like body image and, and, and disorders, eating disorders. And think about like another sin, like the, the sin or the treasure. Let me put it this way. The treasure of just being known, the treasure of being known. But then it can lead to like selfishness and, and wanting fame the treasure of God inside of us is the blessing in and of itself. It doesn't lead to the sin of grasping for more and, and a life of sin. So when we give, we are blessed. And so one way to give, uh, I already mentioned this before, but, but tonight there's an opportunity to give with just our time. I mean, the, the $5 mission thing is the tradition is bring $5. $5 for some of you is a lot. $5 for others of you is not that much. If you don't have $5, you could still come um, tonight. But it's this opportunity to give, to see people who have found themselves in homeless situations. They're living in the shelters around downtown. And it's an opportunity. It's a safe opportunity, a good opportunity, uh, an opportunity that we're partnering long-term with. I mean, you could just go, if you wanted to, you could just go downtown and give, give people money. That's 
That's great. Maybe some people will be blessed, but that could lead to more addictions. That, that's maybe not adding to the long-term solution. But $5 Mission has been doing this for a long time. So it's like, it's a safe way to, to, to um, minister. It's a safe way to have conversations with people found in homeless situations. And so tonight at 6 p.m., if you want to join us, this could be a, uh, I guess, a reaction to the sermon. Like, oh yeah, I've, we've talked about giving, but now there's an opportunity to give. So that's tonight. And I just wanted to to close in prayer before giving you that reading assignment to do at your tables, which is to read about the widow. And so let's pray. So God, as we reflect on this, this word, these verses about giving, these stories about giving, Lord, convict us to give. Lord, we, we are so grateful to you this whole month of Thanksgiving. And, and then later on this month, we'll, we'll celebrate the holiday we call Thanksgiving. It's time to slow down and time to think about how, just how grateful we are. And Lord, we can't be grateful without, truly grateful without wanting to give it away. We can't just take it and want it for ourselves, but when we give it away, we are blessed. And so, Lord, convict us. We, we, we pray this morning, Lord, convict us to give, to give more of our time, our, our wealth, our resources, our money. Lord, to give it away to you and to the things you're doing on this earth. So, Lord, we do praise you. We worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. More podcasts and information about the College and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday School.